This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, it's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Mallard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Mallard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. And I want to welcome everybody in this evening to the Mallard Report. I'm Jim Mallard, of course. My guest tonight is Alec Costan. Is that how you say your last name? I didn't even. Oh. That. I, I I went Ron Burgi in there. I went full. I like. I never it's even. <laughs> it's fine. I apologize. I probably should have gave like a little bit of a. No, that's fine. But how do you how do you say that? Uh, I pr- I pronounce it Cassin. I've okay. heard Cassan. I've heard of, I've heard of a whole bunch of different things. I, I, I just realized that I hadn't even thought about it until I went to read it live, and I went, oh, <laughs> it's all good. Hey, Chelsea, it's all it's fine. So, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty well. I'm actually like super excited to do this. I saw you uh, you had reached out, and I was like, oh, sweet, yeah, Jim. Like I've been seeing some of your posts and stuff, so I've been very excited to uh, get a chance to like, yeah, collaborate here. Be yeah. be a uh, be a guest on on your show. Really honored. So, uh, for the people who don't know here, why don't you uh, give me a thumbnail sketch, and then we'll dive deep into some things here. Yeah, sure. So my name is Alec Hassan. Um, just in case you didn't get the last name part <laughs> there, um, <laughs> I run an online ministry. Um, I help provide basically educational material, um, consulting, some guidance to help online ministry leaders to have the tactics that they need to create an impactful. Um, an impactful have an impactful social media presence, but also generate some income with their with their content as well. Because you know, a lot of us social media guys out there on the internet, I've for one went like so many years with my own show on YouTube, not making nothing, and it was a struggle. So I was like, you know what? Let me see what I can do to change this. And now I'm out there helping other people um, get similar and, and better results too. So chicken and egg question time which came first the the love of the internet or the love of the ministry hmm i think it was uh love of the internet first back in high school i was like super big into youtube and this was back before like a youtuber was even a term and me and my buddies were just like making youtube videos and then when i went to school i kind of fell out of that passion and after graduating i was like you know what i don't have a passion for what I went to school for. And then like with some prayer and meditation, I felt like God was calling me back to do this, this online stuff. And, you know, one thing led to another. And now here I am today with uh, my online ministry. So tell us a little bit more about your on what your your online ministry entails, because I'm fascinated by it. Cause I think throughout COVID I've learned that anything can be done online, but there's a way to do it well. Yeah. So that's pretty like I know like I kind of hinted at earlier saying how like oh yeah I spent like a bunch of years on YouTube making content and uh, not really making any income and you know I feel like when a lot of us start off on this journey we start because we've got this passion or this inspiration uh, you know some may even fa- say that they feel like they were called by God to start this uh, either if it's a podcast or maybe like an Instagram account or a YouTube channel they feel like you know God was kind of leaning them towards doing that. And we're doing it at first out of the passion of like just getting our message uh, out there. But then eventually, you know, it's got to get to a point where it can sort of sustain itself. And I was like, not, that was like not happening for me. And as I was beginning to go on this journey to try to like learn how can I, like other people are clearly out there 
and are having success online, like how can I do that? And as I was beginning to like study, I was seeing that there's like a lot of us people who are like making Christian content, like we're not really being addressed online. You know, there's like online entrepreneurs or there's like, uh, you know, people who are doing like e-commerce websites and it's just like, yeah, but how can we like serve people in this like digital medium? And yeah, I was just like, you know what? I want to help people do that. Um, Cause I don't know about you, but I know when I was starting off learning about things like marketing and sales, I'm like, those are scary words. I don't want to be a sleazy. Well, especially, especially guy. in your, especially in your arena, sales and marketing aren't necessarily words that people want to hear, I guess. I was trying to figure out a nice way yeah, to say that. But. It's exactly it's words that people don't want to hear. Even like when I say it, it's like the, it's, it, there's stigmas attached to it. And when you, when you cut down to it, like the real, like if, if you really examined people who do quote unquote sales or quote unquote marketing, right. It really comes down to just having a good rapport and good relationship with people. Um, and it's so cool. Cause like, as I was learning this stuff and I was doing like my different like Bible studies and things, I was like, Oh my gosh, like Jesus is like the, you know, the perfect picture of someone who does stuff like sales and marketing. Right. And it's so crazy, but like, but you wouldn't think of it like that, but yeah, there's like, I've, I've actually got like a really cool, um, example from the Bible. If you, if you want to hear it. Yeah. So like, um, I think, I believe it was in the book of John. I forgot like the chapter or the verse, but there's this portion in the book of John where Jesus's brothers invite him out to this festival. It's like a very famous festival that the Israelites are part that they take part in. It's like multiple days. They set up tents, and, you know, they're out in the desert. So it's hot. They're partying for multiple days. And as the festival is kind of dying down, Jesus is like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to see what's up. I'm going to see what the, what the party people are up to. And as the festival is winding down, he gets up and he basically says like, Hey, if anyone's like, if if anyone here is like thirsty, come to me and I'll give you like living water. And it's so funny because like, if you've ever been to like a church event or like maybe like a concert, those things don't even go on for an entire day. They're like maybe six hours, but by the end of it, you know, darn well, you're hungry, tired, and most likely thirsty, especially if it's like hot out. So you imagine these guys out in the desert, they're like, what? anyone who's thirsty, I'm so thirsty right now. I'm famished. And Jesus is like, yeah, come to me. Like I'll, you know, I'll give you like living water. Now, unfortunately he didn't actually have like water to give them, but he gave them something like way better than that. And like, that's like the prime example of like doing proper marketing. You're finding out what people's needs are and then you just give them what they, what they need. And you also do it in a language that they understand so when they heard, if you're thirsty, they're like, that is me. He's like, if you want something to drink? They're like, yes, that is me. And then he tells them, gives them a call to action. He's like, come to me and I'll give you living water. And they're like, okay. And then they mosey on over and then they get to have a cool conversation with Jesus. You know, I wish I could, you know, do that today. Like <laughs> just walk outside and be like, what's up Jesus. But so, yeah. So take me back to the early, early days of when you started doing this. And I'm sure based on any, any kind of things, right. That first, well, maybe not the first person you tell. Probably the first person you told probably took it more receptively. But there's that you you know what I'm going with this, right? There's that first person you told, who um, told. Uh, I'll, I'll use the line from Mister Wonderful and Shark Tank: "Took take it out back and shoot it." <laughs> <laughs> how did that? <laughs> how did that experience go over for you? So, like the first time I like told someone about, yeah, um, but, kind of like wanting to start up this ministry. Yeah. And, then, and, and like I said, the negative reaction. Because like I said, I'm sure there were some people that kind of got it early because you, you know, but there's all, oh, yeah. yeah, there's that one, like I said, the one that, you know, kind of, I don't want to say ruin your dream, but well, definitely. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, well, shoot, you know, it's like, I feel like a lot of us get it because especially like before I even say the story part for any of us out there who has felt inspired to start something, I believe that like a major, like 99% of the time, if we feel like God's called us to do something, it's something that a lot of other people won't understand because if a lot of other people did understand it, guess what? They probably would have been inspired to do it, but because they don't understand it, that's why they haven't gotten that inspiration. So it's like when you get that, 
it's like, oh yeah, there's not going to be a lot of other people who understand it out there. But I would say like one of the big, yeah, when I was like telling people like, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to be the YouTuber dude. Like this was early, early on. I was like, I'm going to do the YouTube stuff. Um, I remember like vividly, like, uh, like one person was like, Hmm, Okay. And like they said, okay, and they barely even opened their lips, like just to get the word out. And you can tell, like, oh, if they open their mouth any wider, they probably were just going to be like, "That's a stupid idea." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I had like a lot of people that were like, "Well, you went to school. Why don't you like this was this was a good one?" They're like, "Oh, that's nice. That's that's good. That's good." Uh, but why don't you do what you went to school for? You do that for a bit, and then you could try this. Which which essentially was like. Why don't you not do what you said, and why don't you just go to do what you went to school for? Well, well, <laughs> they said let's, it very let's frame that up. What did you go to school for? Uh, I went to school to be a physical therapist. I got like really into fitness and stuff because I, 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 I can't. I can't. I can't sell that the other way for you. I was trying to figure out maybe you know because sometimes there's a, a, a link and overlap, but <laughs> oh no, yeah, with this one not really. Like <laughs> people were like, they were like, oh, I mean, like you can still help people with physical therapy and this and that and. um like I really, I really tried like, uh, like in college we had to get shadow, they're called like shadowing credits. So you have to intern, you have to be in fields of work that are related to what you're going to school for. So I interned a lot and I was like, you know what, this might not be the path for me. So then I branched off of that, um, and started working at like the eye and tissue bank where, you know, people pass away. They want to donate their eyes, uh, corneas, their organs, things like that. I was working at that at a facility like that. And then even then I was like, ah, it's not for me. Did personal training. And I was like, ah, still, and the thing that was like, it wasn't that I wasn't like good at those things, but a lot of us has, have those moments where it's like, it, there's just not that inner fulfillment that's, that comes from it. And I just could foresee, I was like, oh man, I could like, I could choose to do this and, you know, face all the challenges and things that are going to come with that. Or I could do something different. I could do something I feel like God's kind of leading me towards. And sure, there's going to be a lot of challenges, but if I'm going to face challenges either way, I may as well go down the path I feel like I'm being, where I may as well go down the path where I feel like I'll be a bit more fulfilled and feel like God's kind of like leading me down that way, you know? Because there's always going to be challenges in life, no matter which path you choose. So it's like you may as well choose the path of most fulfillment. So, again, I hate to pick this, but this is what I do. No, right? it's fine. <laughs> okay, so you you say you say this. You're, you're going to be the YouTube guy. And how long did it take for the transition from saying that to actually? I don't want to say bearing fruit from that, but that's that's kind of a bad pun, obviously being biblical. But, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying like you felt like you were actually going to get somewhere doing it. Yeah, I would. Say, so from like the uh, the brief calculations that I did, it was about like three years of not like going all in. So it was like, I graduated in like 2017 and in like 2020, um, like end of 2019, uh, I actually had to like move back in with my parents cause I couldn't afford where I was staying at. You know, I was doing side jobs, this and that, but I was really going all in for YouTube thing. And eventually it was just like, uh, I got to move back home to my parents. I can't afford to keep doing what I'm doing. And then sort of like in that like place in my life where I was like, all right, I graduated college. I should be, you know, on the path to having some accomplishments right now. And it was like not going that way. Uh, sort of like from that place, I began to gain some more of like some more awareness of like what steps to start, start taking next. And it was actually like in that journey, that um, I came out with a, with a book that is like a 20 day. Well, it's not like a 20 day. It is, it's a 20 day devotional for Christians. Uh, and it's exploring that whole thing of like, like purpose and calling, because it really came from a place of like, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm studying other people who are like exemplary leaders, not just like in church, but like in business and even like, you know, I 
with the, with the background in physical therapy, I was like, you know what? I'm going to study some science stuff too, some psychology things thrown whoa, that whoa, in there whoa, as whoa, well. Wait, wait, wait. You can't be over in that ballpark. Get out of there. <laughs> oh, <fun>. no. <laughs> science? How dare science? you? <laughs> <laughs> I meant uh, not science. I meant like uh, detailed uh, <laughs> God intervention. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I see that as like, you know, it's like God's like very detailed influences in the world like that's kind of how i uh, yeah i just had to pick sort of, <laughs> no yeah it's always it's always a funny thing it's, it's like no they can't be there's no way these things could be related and it's like okay i guess <laughs> so, so we'll get back to the book in a minute but I, i've got to oh ask, yeah i've got to ask this because i want to get to it before we get off of it uh you, you mentioned fall winter 2019 spring 2020 right and that's when the world kind of really ground to a halt so i'm sure that had to have had some I don't want to say springboard, but I don't know, helped you gain some momentum because everybody was home. Yeah, it was, um, it was kind of like, okay, you know, at that point I'm like, I gotta be serious about this. And like, I, I thought I was before, but I was mainly like navigating through, I guess like a sense, like, I don't want to say a sense of, of, of passion, but like, you know, I'm just going, I'm just like, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm just kind of following my heart. I'm just sort of doing what I think needs to be done. And there's this like, um, I guess it would be called like an idiom, but there's this thing of like, if you, if you model what successful people do, you're basically kind of like setting yourself up for more success. And I like, wasn't doing that. I was just kind of like, no, I'll produce like a lot of content online. I'll post consistently. It'll be a high quality. And then, people will just have to donate in order to, you know, they just will, they just won't resist donating to this YouTube channel and it'll just sustain itself. Um, but I learned like kind of like the hard way after three years of doing that, that that's like, you know, this is not, this is not how the people are really doing it online that are seeing success. Like there's things behind the scenes and it's not like a malicious thing, but it's like there's stuff behind the scenes that allows them to do what they do. And we're only seeing like 10, we're, you know, we were only seeing the tip of the iceberg for it. So I'm doing all the things that I think should be done. And it wasn't until like, I kind of was shown behind the scenes after like I kind of, I hired a mentor. Uh, he was, he kind of like, you know, pointed the stuff out. He's like, you know, the, what you're looking at is byproducts and you're trying to like, you're trying to make that what your ministry is. And it's like, that's not how it's going to sustain itself. Um, and before I was like, I was going to start talking about that, but I wanted to make sure I'm not going too off topic. No, you're, you're good. You're good. Like I said, I got the book right down. It's like, I wanted to get into the, because I mean, that had to, I don't want to say perfect timing for you, but I mean, if the world wanted to shut down, I don't know if you're, if it would have took off with such passion and vigor at that point either. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so. mm. Okay. So you're, you're, you kind of got some focus and then you, you put the book out, the um, planning your purpose in 20 days. So it kind of went through it, but give us a little bit of like, do you, how do I want to say this? I mean, 20 days sounds great, right? Because that's not a massive commitment by any means compared to some of these things I've seen. I'm sure you know which one I'm referencing. That's twice as long. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that author isn't coming on, so we're not going to talk about what book we're talking we're not, about. We're not going to say his name. <laughs> but it I rhymes can... with Snick, Snick Slorin, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, now that we're kind of in this weird spot of making fun of things, I started watching the Hillsong de documentary today, or yesterday, I guess it was. Oh, they, I didn't even know they had a documentary. I'm just in enthralled by it. I mean, the ups and downs of that organization are, well, mm. anyways. Just for the, Would you say it's worth worth watching? The parts that I've seen so far, I mean, it's just an interesting. I mean, I, I get into documentaries, though, so I don't know your per, you know perspective on those kind of things. But just learning about the inner workings of anything kind of fascinates me. I'm sure it does. Yeah, I was gonna say like that already speak like <laughs> piqued my interest. I was like, <laughs> you didn't even have to say too much about it. I heard documentary, and I was like, what? Well, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know where I'm coming out of that. Okay, so tell tell. Who, sh who should pick up the book? I guess is my question out of all that. Yeah, I would say, you know, the book, it's, well, I'll say who it's, who it's not for. Um, if you're looking for a book that poses arguments and 
theology, very heady things. Maybe if you're looking for something that's going to like kind of beat you over the head with like biblical verses and try to convince you to uh, follow God or be a, be a Christian. It is, it's not one of those, you know, it's, there's sort of the assumption that the person who's reading this is already someone who's, who's following Jesus. And even if you don't have like a deep background or a really deep understanding of all things biblical, um, it points you in the right direction where it's like, if I'm referring to a story from the Bible, I'll tell you where you can, where you could find it and you can read it. Um, but the book is really for someone who, you know, you're, you're going, you're going through your life, you're, you're working and you want to tap into that thing of like, okay, what is like, you know, the deeper, the deeper meaning of things like, like you want to have this, the sense that you're doing the thing that you're feeling called towards in your work, but you also don't want to make your work, your life. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It's because even, even like when I was writing the book, even talking about things of like purpose and calling, people are like, oh, nice. So you're going to go into spiritual gifts and vocation. And it's like, no, nah, it's more of like character. Because like we can be fired from a job and then move to another job. And the only thing we could bring with us, you know, we might have some credentials, but the big thing that we're going to be bringing is ourselves. It's who we are. It's what we represent. It's what's our beliefs. Um, it's our convictions and, you know, similarly when we pass from this life into the, into the next, you know, we're not bringing our, our credentials, we're not bringing our things, but we're bringing us and who we are. And this sort of like taps into that, you know, it's understanding like, not just like what we do, but like why we do it type of thing. Cause you know, it sort of, it came from a place of me feeling at a low point in my own life and helped get me out of that, um, so whether someone's, you know, in a line of work where they're like, eh, it's not feeling too great. Or if you're at a place where it's like, man, like, like what, like what, what should I be sort of doing next? Like wanting to be getting some pointing in the, in the next right direction. It would be, I think that the book would really help that kind of person out. And now would be time, a good time for my awkward Dr. Phil impersonation. We're all in the people <laughs> business doesn't matter what business you're in. We're all in the people business. <laughs> that guy's never coming on this show. If he ever listens to it. Actually, <laughs> he'll be like, well, gosh darn, not after that. Actually, now I'm sounding like the guy from uh, King of the Hill. Yeah. Boy, Bobby. <laughs> I was trying to do uh, Dr. Phil. It's propane and propane accessories. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, we're going to get in trouble here tonight. Um, yeah, we're We're... Where obviously Amazon, but where else can people find the book? Um, you can get it. Uh, I actually have like other bonus resources people can get access to as well. If you go to plantingyourpurpose.com, um, you know, I'd be able to get like the audio book through there. Um, also offer a, uh, like a masterclass. It has like videos, like worksheets, PowerPoint slides, uh, you know, checklists type type of thing like things to kind of like add more to the material things that like you know I, I wrote the book it's fantastic but then it's like certain things i couldn't fit in there Masterclass allows for some more in-depth examination of the, of the material so okay so now let's segue into the the active ministry because now that you've kind of laid what kind of book you have out we kind of can foresee what kind of ministries you do but go ahead and give me a little bit more about what you're up to yeah so well oddly enough you know the the ministry that i'm in it's not as like i guess personal development focused as as the book would lead one to assume would would lead one to assume um that sort of came from a place of like like i really like kind of made it for myself in that moment and as i'm moving forward in my ministry and beginning to like better understand who it is that I really want to serve the my, my ministry. It's, it's really geared towards those who are starting or have already started their own online ministries, so to speak, not necessarily like, like Christian content channels doesn't necessarily have to be that it could be. Uh, but mainly like I was saying before, it's like someone, people who are starting things where they're feeling inspired or possibly even called by God to, run these things 
and I'm just kind of providing like the tactics, the tools, uh, different frameworks and models that basically took me from that point of spending like three years trying to figure out <laughs> how to do this stuff to then, uh, to then beginning to gain some like traction and, and seeing success. So it's like, like I want to help people sort of like avoid all the trial and error stuff that I had <laughs> gone through. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to transition into some of that more, as my listeners will call it, shop talk, uh, gritty back end stuff that most people don't care about, but I've got a lot of podcasters <laughs> that listen to me that enjoy this weird kind of talk. And I, I want to start by, uh, cause you've mentioned being a YouTuber from way back. I, I appreciate that. But I also want to say, I seen, was this last week or the week before that, uh, YouTube's rolling out podcast RSS feeds. And I went, well, we're about 10 years yeah. too late for that. <laughs> I don't even know what that looks like anymore on, on YouTube. I, I mean, like I said, it just seems, feels so late now. What do you think? Yeah, I like, I certainly, so after that three years, I put a heavy pause on doing my videos and I've only recently got back into starting to upload videos um, or well, not recently. I, th I think I started like in the middle of last year. But what I was doing was I was taking my podcast audio clips, slapping the cover art <laughs> for the video, and then just having like captions. So it's like that's how I, I'm doing the, my podcasts on it. It's gaining so like I get consistently like six views or something <laughs> on it. Um, but you know, views and stuff. It's like you can still see success online with now without needing to go viral, things like that. But yeah, I heard about that too. YouTube doing like trying to branch into like the podcast field. It, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I don't know what to say about it. it, it I guess it would be like, do you, do you know if they're calling it like a specific name or is it just oh, like, I'm sure YouTube they're going to have, I'm sure they're gonna have like, you know, cause they have the YouTube TV. So I'm sure it's going to be probably YouTube podcast because you know, nobody's creative anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or like it could be like YouTube XM or uh -oh, they, something. Somebody probably owns that one. We can't use that one. No. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark infringement. <laughs> well, I re uh, maybe this you didn't catch this, but I noticed ESPN Radio went to ESPN Audio for a while, and now they're back to ESPN Radio, which blew my mind. Oh, they, no, they went backwards on that, but um, because all their branding was audio for a while, and they. You know, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because as you go more digital, you're going to have more podcasts and you're still going to be doing the radio thing. But apparently, yeah, apparently I was the only consumer who back. enjoyed that <laughs> or understood that. <laughs> so uh, they're like, guys, listen, Jim figured us out. Yeah, Jim's <laughs> on to us. Uh, He's niche <laughs> that we can't we can't be doing that. Yes. <laughs> so you, you mentioned being successful online without having millions of YouTube views or going viral. How does that look for you? Because for, I'm, I mean, this answer is different for everybody. Yeah. So like, I know for me early on and probably for a lot of people, um, especially if they have like kind of like a Christian background, uh, we, we have an approach to things or we like our heart is in a place of like wanting to help everyone. And there's a saying where it's like, Oh, if you try to, if you try to help everyone, you end up helping no one. Or if you try to serve everyone, you end up serving no one. Um, and then recently I saw that um, as like a quote for someone doing advertising where it's like, oh, if you try to advertise to everyone, you end up converting no one. <laughs> it's like, oh, but it's so true. Like uh, in Jesus's ministry early on, he started by approaching 12 people. And then from there, he began working with a very specific group of people in a very specific region of the world with very specific religious beliefs and only like after his sacrifice and resurrection did you know that begin to branch out to the world um because there's that whole thing of like him commissioning the disciples to you know go and make disciples of the world but that didn't happen while jesus was walking around uh before his death like I think he even pointed out how like, you know, doctors, they don't come to help the healthy people. They come to help the sick. And like, that's very niche. And online, like it's amazing that we're able to reach so many people, but by trying to reach everyone, like I said earlier, you, you end up reaching no one. And especially nowadays online, people are searching for more and more connection, which means like having a better and deeper understanding of 
who it is that you that you want to be communicating with and it's spreading into all different types of markets and uh even businesses like you can't just you can't just go to the store and buy cat food it's got to be cat food that is vegan gluten free <laughs> that is 50% air because now the bag's lighter because it'll help you lift the bag being a 50 year old plus uh single woman and it's like whoa what? like that is so specific like you know they like they really like people want they want to feel special and they want to feel recognized and i think in part it's because there's so much going on online people don't want to feel generalized and when you're able to like reach that like niche group of people or that's like specific group of people um then you know you don't got to worry about having a million views uh you could have like a very small small following and as long as like people know like and trust you and you're able to provide them what they want and deliver them what they need um then you know you can you can make an income with that and i had actually hired a mentor a while back in, in my own journey and he was telling me a story so at the time he had like twenty thousand uh followers on instagram which is like still way more than what i have but uh he had like twenty thousand followers and i was following him for a while and he really like he, he he knows his stuff and he was telling me a story about how there's this girl on instagram with a she she has a million followers and she came out with a t-shirt brand and she couldn't sell more than like a dozen of these t-shirts and you know she was doing the thing where she was like well if if only 1% of 1% buys my shirt at $20, then I would, oh my gosh, I'd make uh, so much money. And like, but like she could barely sell 12, but this guy with only like 20,000, some followers, like a fraction of a fraction of what she has. Um, he didn't tell me the specifics, but he's like, with my following, he's like, I get like over a hundred thousand a year with my audience. And I'm like, but you're like, none of his posts, uh, like he has a larger following now, but I'm like, dude, like none of your posts are like viral. Uh, not a lot of people have even heard of you. Like, how is this even possible? And it's because of, like he know he knows his audience. He knows how to serve them. He knows what to provide for them. And um, I actually kind of like turn like like I've sort of like turned what he was doing where I've seen other people doing. And I've turned it into like this kind of framework, this model that I call the the transformational journey. And if you can provide the so-called transformational journey for people, not only will they follow you, but you can better serve them. You can impact them more and the greater you can impact them and the more you can serve them, obviously you're giving them a lot of value and, ex- and in exchange for that value, you know, you're getting compensated for that. Like I believe people, especially like people in ministry, if you're serving people, you deserve to get, you deserve to get compensated, you know, don't muzzle an ox while it treads. Um, so with this like transformational journey thing, you are able to meet people where they're at, you know, they're pro- you're providing them a ton of value and then you're trying to point them in the right direction of where they need to go. And at each point along this path, you know, at the points where you're providing more value and more value, then you can kind of begin putting price tags on that. Because it, it works twofold where I'm kind of getting into like technical side of this right now, but it works I, twofold. I told, where, I told you we're going to get to the place where it's just dirty yeah. and only a few people will get it. But. Pretty detailed. But I'm telling you, like this stuff here, like this is like, like the stuff that I'm getting into right here, like I pay this guy a lot of money and he's kind of like revealing, breaking this stuff down. So it's like, at least for this moment, like whoever's listening, just like imagine, you know, you spent a good chunk of cash to like learn what you're about to hear. Cause it's, it's really valuable. Um, so he was saying like at these different points, or at least at what I was noticing at these different points along the way, you got to start charging for it because there's this other saying where people who pay, pay attention. And if you're not providing those price points in these different areas, people are not going to get the results or at least a, a significant percentage of them are not going to get the results uh, that they want simply because they aren't invested in it. And the reason why they're not invested in it is because they literally did not invest in it. You know, like um, there's another saying of like where your, where the, where your treasure is, your heart is. And it's like, it's a biblical verse. I got to look up where it is because people are like, the Bible doesn't say that. And I'm like, 
pretty sure, like I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure it does. But it's interesting because it's not where your heart is, your treasure is. It's where your treasure is, your heart is. So it's like wherever you're investing, that's where you're invested. So when people are like not trying to put a price tag for different types of products or services that they're offering, at a certain point, people aren't going to be getting the results that they want. And it's just for the, the sheer fact of that, like they are attributing the amount of value that you're providing based on the price that they paid. And if they paid nothing, then they're seeing it as valued as nothing. But ironically, by not charging, people are going to pay a price anyway. And whether it's going to be a monetary amount or like a life lesson that they like, you know, they're going to, they're either going to pay the price by having it take much longer than it needs to be, or they're going to pay the price by going through a lot of trial and error, or they're going to pay a price by maybe giving up on what they started, or they could literally pay a price of like whatever, 50 bucks for an hour of, of one's time to like kind of point them in the right direction. But, um, you can, but you can offer that at those points along the way of that transformational journey. Um, yeah, I was really trying. I was like, sometimes I could get super passionate about it. And no, no, that's good. I like the super. Pa- I, like, I like the passion, man. So, now, okay, so you mentioned being on the the journey and then stop and pivot and put that price point on it. Now, when that first price point comes, because I'm sure this is going to be a pinching point for some people out there, so we're going to dive deep into that one. Do you like under ask? I mean, I, I don't want to say a dollar, but for the sake of this conversation, you know what I mean. Yeah. Just to get them um, in the system and used to paying, or should you hit them up front with the hundred dollars that would, which is what you feel it should be. Again, using round yeah. numbers just for the sake of this conversation. Yeah. It's sort of like, it's a little tough. Like I think like if I were to be speaking with someone like specifically and uh, I could see kind of like what it is that they're providing, I'll, I could feel a little bit more confident in saying that, but uh, the, the typical kind of like, transformational journey path that I've seen is people provide specific results or like they solve specific problems for free. Gets people to know, like, and trust them. And then after that, they could provide like downloadable content, maybe like checklists, templates, um, trying to think of like what but like like yeah essentially like things that will help the person execute on stuff faster and then after that when it comes to and and this rule applies for anything in terms of like when you're charging for products the the value of it has to exceed the cost of it so like value and cost very different things someone who pays $10 for a backpack might see a lot, a lot of value in that strictly because they're like, this backpack should be worth more. But then there's other people where they're like, they'll spend like a thousand dollars on a backpack and it's valuable because it's expensive. Um, you know, you could think of like, uh, like, like women's purses. Like that's like a prime example. It's like, I have a drawstring bag. I'm totally content with that. <laughs> but then you got uh, some women where it's like they, uh, you know, they got to have the the $500 Gucci bag or something. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know purses like that. <laughs> I was going to say, you're stepping out of my comfort zone here with purses. I don't yeah, know I was, I was like, uh, that'll be the last example there for, <laughs> for that. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of like a brief example of providing providing value that exceeds um, the cost of it. So like for the Versace bag or the Gucci bag, whatever, like the name increases the person's status. It helps them feel like they're elevated to another level. And because of that, they're able to charge more for it. So if you're able to provide something where it's like, let's say, let's say it's like a five part video lesson series and you know, you're thinking like, oh man, yeah, I could easily, you know, I'll charge 50 bucks for this. If you're trying to get people in the door, um, you know, you could charge something less, like 4.95, something like that. Um, and then basically, like, 
as you're moving on further and further, then you're going to be kind of like charging slightly more and more. And a really good approach that has helped a lot of people, and it's something that I'm like beginning to implement even more and more in my own ministry, is when you're creating something, you want to, you kind of want to have people sold on it before you make it. So it sounds kind of weird, like basically selling something before you've actually made it. But instead of going the route of like, oh, if you build it, they will come, you know, which never happens, by the way. Very few times does that actually happen. What you want to do movies. is, you, yeah, well, it's really great. Yeah. <laughs> In like the one, like the one movie, and I'm like, ugh, I'm, I like, I'm kind of like annoyed by it because like I was sold on that idea that idea too like I just have to make the thing and people are going to love it they're just going to be flooding in it's like no that's not how that (laughs) not how that happens but if you could figure out like what the exact thing is that people want and they're sold on it and then you can provide it to them it's definitely like a better way to go you don't have to like um, try to figure out like oh how am I like how am I going to talk about like the benefits they'll get from it? It's like, no, 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 you are, you've spoken with the people, you know what, what benefits they want. So you just tell them it's going to give them those benefits. And and then obviously it would have to provide those benefits too. Um, but then it's like, Oh yeah. Like what kind of struggles, like what's this going to help people with? And it's like, you already know what it's going to help people with because you asked them what they needed help with. So like um, I'm, I'm running like a webinar that's helping podcasters, grow a strong community. It's helping them increase their audience and generate revenue. And the reason why I know I'm talking about those three things is because I've, I've spoken with like a hundred podcasters and that's what, that's the whole thing they talk about. They either talk about feeling burnt out by social media, um, which like you don't even need to be burnt out going on social media, posting a lot, because like I said before, it's like, you don't need to go viral. You don't need to be doing all these big things to see success online. And then they're talking about like, man, I want to grow a strong community. I want to increase my audience and generate some revenue. So I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, I'll, talk about those things and uh so i'm kind of experimenting with it now getting some like feedback and stuff from that um but like you know that's kind of like a little quick uh cheat sheet recommendation for you know how you can create something without having to like worry whether or not people are going to actually like want to get that but um yeah that's uh i'm trying to think of no that's good so hold on Speaking of passionate community, I, I've got this live interactive audience called the Duck Pond, and they uh, helped me out here. And this is why I love them, and they know this. Uh, Geo Observation flops up here. Luke 12.34, for where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. That's Luke mm-hmm. exactly. 12.34. So. <laughs> That's because, uh, you know, when you're doing this, you, you've been on this side of the things before. You only have so many hands, and light hands. Yeah, right. a lot of hands make things work. And um, <laughs> now, so you said you've talked to a hundred podcasters, and I, I was one of them. That's how we came to connect the first time. Um, give me some synopsis of some of the. I mean, you kind of did, but what's some of the other underlying things that are going on in the podcast world today? Yeah, so like, uh, I've noticed like another thing. We we sort of touched upon this a little bit uh, prior, but the idea of like niching down an audience i've uh i mean i've had this struggle um oh cool i just got your message showing the, the loop 1234 <laughs> thanks for that. i wanted to do that nice before help. before i before i lost it i figured you'd want it you wanted it so. yeah because i was like i knew i was like it's a buy it's it's from the bible and people are like i don't know i don't really think so and i'm like okay i'm like well i'm not gonna I'm, all right pause for a moment i'm not gonna just we'll see about it because i heard a story all right, really, really quick. I had heard a story. Um, my dad was telling me about this. He was here overhearing these two gentlemen talk, and uh, one guy was like, you know, the, he it it perked his ear because he heard something about Bible. And my dad knows that I'm, you know, I got like the ministry thing going on. And the dude's like both talking about their favorite Bible verses. And this one guy's like, yeah, my favorite Bible verse. And I forgot exactly what the dude said, but it was something. He was like a long. He's like to be or not to be. That is the question. He's like, it's like, he's like, I love it. I love that verse in the Bible. And the other dude's like, I'm pretty sure that's Shakespeare. He's like, no, 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 it's the Bible. It's the Bible. And he's like, okay, well, maybe Shakespeare got inspired from the Bible and put it in there. And he's like, I'm pretty sure it's not in the Bible. And the other guy's like, no, 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 it definitely is. And I was like, okay, I'll, uh, <laughs> whatever you say. It's like, no, I'm sure it's, 
It's like whatever it was, it was definitely Shakespeare, not. <laughs> That's crazy. Not Bible. So uh, we were talking about we were talking about trends in podcasting there before you got lost in Shakespeare. Not yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Shakespeare does lots of people. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, a trend that I've been noticing is uh, at least like I've been, when I was speaking with a lot of different podcasters, it's that the whole thing of like audience and community and uh, yeah, really niching down on like who it is that people are both trying to speak to and like having like a clear understanding of, of who they are. And it's funny because I've been kind of like adapting this. I, I, it's kind of like a litmus test where if you can, and like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's not like a set in stone type of thing, by all means, like I'm still trying to better understand my audience. Um, still better trying to more clearly define who it is I'm trying to serve and who I'm trying to lead. Uh, with my content, but this litmus test that, that you could use for your one's own podcast or one's own YouTube channel, Instagram, whatever, is to ask yourself, if you were to describe your audience in the same way that you would describe your spouse or your best friend, like would people think that you actually like know them? So for example, with my YouTube channel early on, I was like, yeah, my, my content, I'm, I'm going to create content for, for, Christian men and women leaders. And it's like, what? Yeah. If if you're a Christian man or or woman and and you you lead, you're you're, you're a leader, it's going to be for you. And it's like, okay. So then now you measure it against this litmus test of like, all right, describe your spouse that way. And someone's like, oh, you know, tell me about your fiance. Oh man, she's a a Christian woman. By golly, she's a leader. It's like, (laughs) And anything else? Nope. That's all I'm giving you. That's all I know is they're Christian leader. And they'd be like, okay, buddy, do you, I don't know if you really know this person or not. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's like a goofy example, but I love using that because it, it begins to kind of shed some light. It makes it playful and it also allows, it gives like, cause we're here to like, like when you're able to serve someone like a single person like if you can describe who that perfect audience person is there's a lot of other people out there who are going to identify or find attributes that they can identify with in that ideal audience member because we have it all the time with like uh like movie characters or superheroes like like we find qualities in them that we identify with and it's what helps us feel drawn towards that person. And like sticking with like superhero example, the person who identifies with like Tony Stark and the person who identifies with uh, Steve Rogers or, uh, well, I'll say Iron Man, Captain America, uh, you know, the people who identify like strongly with either one of those probably doesn't strongly identify with the other but they're still both like very well-known and like very influential characters. Um, so like when it comes to like, Oh, I don't know, like if I narrow down on this perfect audience person, it's going to cut out a lot of people and it might, but it's also going to attract all the right people. And it'll also like the biggest benefit to not a lot of other people, not a lot of people talk about this when it comes to like niching an audience or, niching down on who you're trying to speak to uh like one of the best benefits is it's going to help you as a creator create content that's going to be actually like very impactful for that person so what i mean by that is we'll we'll go back to the like well i was going to say we'll go back to the christian example but but we'll change it up we'll we'll go to i've been using like parenting as an example so let's say someone's got a podcast on parenting probably a lot of topics you know you could think of parenting like okay how to put your kids to sleep how to uh just turn my show on how to get them to wake up (laughs) yeah it's like like, you know it's like the the like the the the, the type of content is is kind of endless of what you could what you can make topics on but now let's say it's a a parenting podcast but for single parents Mm, now it's now the content's going to be a little bit different 
it's going to be speaking to the person listening in a slightly different way. Because someone talking about parenting, my first assumption at least is it's you're going to be talking to someone who's married or has a spouse or something like that. And they got a child, maybe two children. So you might be saying like, yeah, you and your spouse. But like if your podcast is talking to single parents, you're not going to be saying you and your spouse. You're going to be talking about how it's you as the parent doing everything yourself. And it's a lot of stress probably. And you're trying to deal with your own life and you got this little kid's life that you're dealing with too. And it's really hectic. And you know, like that's going to identify with the person even more. But now let's say we narrow it down even further, further of being maybe a single a single mother. And then even further than that, maybe a single uh, grandmother who's looking to start getting into dating again. Cause a grandmother is still technically a mother, you know, it's like, so. Okay. So now, I've, now, now, now I've got to ask you this question. Cause we're here at this yeah. point. Can you, can <laughs> you get like, too far down the well? Like the single, <laughs> the single grandmother from Indiana who roots for the Mets. Is that too far? <laughs> that might be a little bit too far. <laughs> but then again, it's like, I mean, honestly, like if you can create content for that person, cause it's like, you might like at that point, I feel like it's so specific that like, you could probably look into the metrics like for that. Like you could probably find like, okay, how many people are <laughs> rooting for the Mets and of those people of the demographic, how many of them are women who are elderly moms or something that are, it's like, and if, and, who knows? You might find 50,000. I don't know. I don't know what the metrics would be for how many people like the Mets, but uh, <laughs> if the numbers come out and it's like, oh, wow, there's like 20,000 people who match this. I'm just saying that's a pretty good number. Like that's who, like, I don't know about you, but having 20,000 dedicated listeners, that's pretty good. Like, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. Okay. So you've mentioned Instagram a couple of times. <laughs> Now, you, yeah. you, know, you know my addiction to Twitter, so we've got to get into your – I'm assuming Instagram is your social media platform, the one you go to, right? Yeah, I do. Like, I've unfortunately have been mainly a consumer of Instagram, not so much a co- contributor, but um, I do plan on being more of a, well, I'm gonna afraid of this a content question. creator. I'm going to afraid of this question because it, it – for years, well, probably for the first year and a half, right, when Instagram first came out, people were like, dude, you need to get on Instagram. I'm like, dude, I'm a podcast. That's audio. Instagram is pictures, right? And, of course, now they've kind of evolved to have some video and some other things, but it's still mostly pictures. So how do I – this is getting really deep. This is just for me. Forget mm. everybody else at this moment. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so how do, I, how do I get out of my out of my own head that I – need to be over there. I mean, I am there like you, but I'm more there scrolling most of the time than posting something. So help me out here mm. as a guy that yeah, sits, sits around like, and watches it more than I do. Probably yeah. thought about more than me. <laughs> well, I would say, um, so like each social media platform, they very much are their own communities in and of themselves. Someone who's going on Facebook is looking to have a different experience than someone going on YouTube versus someone going on Twitter or Instagram, TikTok. So understanding the, I guess like the culture of the platform is something to, to recognize first. So for example, I'm going to be like starting to do my, my YouTube channel stuff again. YouTube is like, besides Google, like YouTube is like the second biggest search engine in the world. The second biggest search engine. Yeah. So it's like, I know people going on there are going to be people who are, are looking to find things or learn things. There are people that go on YouTube for entertainment. Like by all means, I, I'm looking up like video game walkthrough videos and stuff like that. Oh, that's and, a whole other discussion. I'll let you finish your point. Yeah, a whole other discussion. <laughs> that's another episode. But um, like, I like so when I'm creating content there moving forward, it's going to be educational. It's going to be informative. But if I were to bring that to Instagram, Instagram is more like you're, you you touch into the area of entertainment, but when it goes to that realm of like education, it's more motivation that people are looking for. Um, uh, Facebook is like a community. It's a relational, it's like connection. So 
if you're trying to be like a big, if you're, if you're trying to hide behind like a brand image, like a, like a big business or whatever, like if you're just trying to hide behind your business name, Facebook won't necessarily work unless you're the face of the business. Cause people want to be talking with people on Facebook. But if you're like on Twitter, uh, you know, people love it when they see that, uh, Kellogg's chips retweeted something, you know, yeah. it's like, you always see those funny things of like the, the KFC account making like a funny retweet or something like that. Um, but so like when it comes to like Instagram, like, so when it comes to like recognizing those things, um, I would say like best bet is to like lean into what you naturally are like, what ha- lean into the way that you can naturally contribute. So, I mean, shoot this whole hour, I've basically been talking and like trying to teach and tell stories and things like that. So it's like, I'm naturally just going to like, I, that's what I do. You don't have to talk to me for long. I'm going to be talking about some teaching stuff. So when it comes to like the YouTube video stuff, it's like, that's like my natural, like I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to like, just record, teach, put it up there. Uh, when I start doing like the Instagram stuff, I'm going to pivot it to like more like motivational, probably like mindset style type of things. Uh, Twitter is like <laughs> what I've seen, like quotes, quotes work well. You can also do like, I mean, you said you've been, you know, you're, you're a big Twitter guy. I'm not a huge uh, Twitter person, but at least my plan for that is to mainly just like quotes, little snippets of things and then I, I'm a huge Twitter guy because I can interact real time, real quick. Like, yeah, it's that, that's the whole gritty there. Like, because you can reach out to anybody on Twitter, right? Well, except Trump yeah. because he got himself banned. But, he got banned. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, almost anybody, you know, and, yeah. and, and it seems maybe this is just my experience that, that, that network has given me the best opportunity to get to people. Cause you know, you, you've emailed people before and you don't necessarily get them, but you hit them. If you you know sometimes you hit luck sometimes you, you do well with email sometimes it's Twitter but I've seen I've had way more luck just saying hey I want to talk to you and then get a, a like and you know and then a, a follow and it becomes an interview as opposed to sending emails and then you have to get the publicist and uh, anyways yeah <laughs> before before I get myself in trouble now <laughs> but yeah I would say like honestly so it's like for, for that example I would say like yeah I'd say stick with Twitter like really uh just because we can have accounts and profiles on all these different platforms doesn't mean we should. Um, I had a buddy of mine who's like a site pastor at the, at the church I was going to in college. I was telling him about how I signed up for this club and that club, and I was getting a part-time job over here. And then I was applying for this other job. I'm trying to start up this like little small business thing. And by the way, can I volunteer at church? And he's like, Whoa, he's like, it sounds like a lot of stuff you're doing there. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And I'm exhausted. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, it's like, you know, just because these things aren't necessarily bad. I just don't think they're necessarily necessary. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. So it's like, similarly, it's like social media stuff. Like by all means, like people, people have, and they do build entire like brands and businesses with just like one social media platform. And the people that we see doing it all on all these platforms are people who have their own agendas for that. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, he promotes, you got to post a hundred pieces of content a day. You got to be on every platform out there. You got to be posting constantly. And the reason why he promotes that is because his business does that. His business makes posts and content for people. So when people think I got to post a hundred pieces of content a day and they're trying to do that and then they get overwhelmed, what they're going to do is they're going to call up Gary V's company and be like, can you guys do this? And they'll be like, yes, we'll gladly do it. And the reason also why Gary can do that is because he has these other revenue streams coming in where he can pay people to do those things. All he has to do is just talk. And, you know, he's yeah, talking, get, he's moving his hands. And it people gets are pieced out in the 100, 100 pieces of content, and all's good. Uh, I, yeah, I, exactly. I do follow him. It's, it's, it's fun, but, man, it's, it's frustrating at the same time. Yeah. Like, I'd love to yeah, post it's, 30 times. I'd love to post 30 times a day, let alone 100, right? And put out good content. Yeah. But... <laughs> This one guy here doesn't have the uh, the time with everything else going on in their life to take care of. 100%. Right, it's yeah, it's like you can't do it. for the, honestly for the most part. Like the people who that message should be going to are different corporations, things like that. And I think for the most part, honestly, like 
when we see those clips of him talking about things like that, it's at events yeah. where the only way you could get in is by paying a thousand dollars and your business has to be ma- making over a hundred K a year or something like that. So these people have the resources to do it. They're just not doing it. So he's there and he's like, you got to do it. And then plus he's saying it because they could just hire him to do it. And then it's a win-win for everyone. <laughs> well, Alec, I promise to have you out of an hour and my show's over in 15 seconds anyways. So have a good night. And uh, uh, Jim, good, yeah, it was a good pleasure. Catching up, good catching up with you. Yeah. We'll do it again. Catching up with you too. And as a, as a, as a last side note thing, go ham with Twitter, forget Instagram. Like unless you find that Instagram ends up serving you, but it sounds like, you know, Twitter gives you it's a good sense and thank you for joining right, us Jim, have a good one. it's been a good show tonight I hope you enjoyed it take a few moments, subscribe, share all the fun stuff, you know how to do it I don't have to tell you just uh, be ready for next week it'll be sooner than you think Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on.